Mason in the middle. And what a finish that is. Mason mounts. That is extraordinary from Fikayo Tomori. Loses Callum Hudson. And oh, and there it is. His first goal for Chelsea, the teenager. A moment he will remember. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Chelsea Spot podcast. Um, we're going to be reviewing... Uh, Chelsea's hard-fought 3-2 win away at Crystal Palace um, in this episode uh, and we'll have a quick look forward to our game at the weekend against Sheffield United as well. Um, just before we start though, um, a bit of news. Uh, Havertz has requested to leave Bayer Leverkusen according to Build uh, and Matt Law has said that he's actually really keen to move to Chelsea to link up with uh, his uh, Germany teammates Timo Werner and Antonio Rudiger. Um, I mean, Lampard convinced Werner to come over uh, on the phone. Apparently, he spoke to him quite a lot. So hopefully, he can do the same with Havertz. Um, but we'll have to wait and see more updates there. It looks like the transfer fee is probably going to be the only factor. Um, but moving on from that one, I've got um, just Orlando with me today to chat about the football. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a tough game, wasn't it, against uh, Crystal Palace? Ah, we, we held on mouth the end stuff. There. Yeah, I was behind the sofa for, for most of the game. I was terrified. Uh, I thought when we'd finally got the Tammy goal, I could uh, relax, but it wasn't to be. But we will come on to that one. So, yeah, as I mentioned, it was Palace 2, Chelsea 3, Giroud, Pulisic and Tammy with the goals for Chelsea and Zahar and Benteke uh, got the goals for Palace. Um, the first goal um, was a bit... I mean, obviously, it's great to score. Felt a bit for Gary Cahill, though, because Willian uh, ran down the right-hand channel um, was against uh, Gary Cahill, who actually pulled up with a hamstring injury, leaving Willian for a, a clean run into the box. Uh, I mean, he just picked out Oliver Giroud with a, um, well, for an easy tapping, basically, in the six-yard box. He was in the right place at the right time. Um, do you, Chelsea were in the wrong, were they, to continue, Orlando? I don't think they were, but I felt so bad for Gary Cahill because the same thing has happened to me when I was playing uh, and, and I was centre-back and, and my calf just went while I was like defending a one on one, and and the guy went and scored, one of the worst moments of my my footballing career. Well, not really a career, but you know what I mean. Um, but even still, I can't I can't blame the guy for going on and scoring the same way. I don't think you can blame Willian and and Giroud in this case. It, that's what happened. No head injury, n- nothing that requires the physios to come on immediately, and it, it's just a slice of bad luck for. For Cahill, well, could have been bad luck, could have been, you know, Agent Cahill. <laughs> Agent Cahill, yeah. I think um, if it wasn't Gary Cahill, obviously a former Chelsea player, Champions League winner and so on, you know, a bit of a legend, uh, we probably wouldn't even be talking about it, whether or not we were in the right or not. I think it's just because yeah, of who it is. True, There's right? a little bit of discussion about whether we should have carried on or, or stopped, but I definitely don't think we did anything wrong. But there wasn't, to be fair, that much debate about it. There was just a few people couple of pundits saying should Chelsea have put the ball out but uh, you know like you said it wasn't a head injury or anything so they, they did nothing um particularly particularly wrong or, or unsporting so no it was we need we need the win so you've got to do what you can do um but yeah like I mentioned William got the assist for that one um he, he got the assist for the second goal as well he, he he's performed really well since the restart hasn't he I mean he, he nice little outside of the boot pass to, to find Pulisic um, he made it 2 0 with, with an absolutely stunning finish on his left foot. Yeah, really good goal. Obviously, he's continuing his fine form that we all know about. But someone who we were less excited to see play, but seems to be, be doing his job despite having a bit of a almost a hatred from a lot of Chelsea fans is William. I know you're a fan of him, though. Well, yeah, I, am, I really like him. I'm a big fan of him. And I keep on seeing people on Twitter saying, oh, he's only performing like this now because his contract's nearly up. 
And I think that is just not true. And it, people are only saying that because they don't they don't want to kind of su- support William. They want to kind of go against them as much as possible to fuel their agenda. And it really disappoints me because he not only has he been one of our best players since the restart, he has, well, I know he's quite inconsistent in his performances, but on the large scale of things, he has consistently been one of our best attackers for a good five years. So I just, I, I would welcome him signing for one or two years more. I don't want him to sign for three because that's just a bit ridiculous, isn't it? But, you know, even with all these guys coming in, Werner, Ziyech, even maybe Havertz, it's great to have someone like him there um, as a backup. He very rarely gets injured. Great penalty taker, as we've seen. Works so hard off the ball um, and is really good at, at, at leading counter-attacks and also leading leading the press. Um, so he's a really good asset to have around. And another point uh, that I would argue for him to stay is that if he doesn't stay, he's likely to go to one of Spurs or Liverpool, who he would strengthen. Don't don't get it twisted. He would be a good player for either of those two teams, uh, which we obviously don't want. First and foremost, just for Chelsea because it would help them try and bridge the gap in in terms of uh, points, but. Secondly, um, because, you know, those are probably the two clubs, clubs in the Premier League that I hate the most. And I really don't want to, first of all, I don't want to see Willian, a player I like going there. But I just don't want, any Chelsea fan wouldn't want their own uh, player to, to defect to a rival, kind of David Luiz-esque. Although it didn't matter with David Luiz because he's not very good at football. Um, <laughs> or he's not good at defending. Anyway. He's really good at football. Yeah. He's not good at defending. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's definitely good at football, but in his position, that's not really yeah. what you need first and foremost. But yeah, William, he's actually got nine goals and seven assists in the Premier League this season. So he, he, this will be well if he manages it. It will be his first um, double figures Premier League uh, goal tally, which is really really impressive. Yeah, I mean he's got five games or so, four or five games to get to get on the score sheet. You'd to get that double figures, you'd imagine. He'd probably start pretty much all the games because Lampard really likes him, hence why he has been offered a two-year deal, which goes against Chelsea's over-30 policy, um, despite him wanting a three-year deal. Um, but yeah, I'm not someone who's always been a fan of Willian, but his performances since the restart have been great. Um, personally, I'd probably still be more inclined to allow him to leave, but again, if it's going to be strengthening a rival, might not be the best idea. He could always be a squad player next season, but I think he, he has been a bit underrated. He, you know, people like to rate players on goals and assists a lot more than actually watching them. Um, so if yeah. you want to judge him on that, he's actually had a very good return this year. He's, had, he's got 16 goals and assists in the Premier League. So that's roughly one every other game. So he's actually been pretty good throughout the year, um, even before the restart. Um, a guy we were linked to, who we thought may be, um, you know, replacing Willian uh, last summer, um, and I think most judgments were glad it didn't happen, was uh, Zaha, who scored an absolute banger in this game. Or at least it looked like a banger at first. First of all, but on yeah. replay, I think maybe Kepa could have done better. I was about to say the same thing. When I first saw it, I was just like, bloody hell, fair play, son. What, what can you do? Replay comes around. <laughs> I take a close inspection and it's straight at Kepa. Well, it's not yeah. fine. Obviously, he's hit it with power and it's traveling and it's moving upwards. It's a great strike, to, to be fair to, to Wolf Sahar. But I'm sorry, maybe half the keepers in the league are saving that, maybe more. 
Kepa does all he needs to do is jump up, and instead he he does this uh, jump backwards thingy. Uh, he he's already small, and he just purposefully well makes himself smaller, and it's just so frustrating. And this is happened on numerous occasions this season and last season as well, really, but even more so this season. Um, and it just reaffirms my view that I don't think that there is a single keeper who is worse than him in this division. Yeah, we were having that discussion the other day. And, uh, I mean, some people might think we're crazy here, but actually, if you think about it, we, we were chatting with a few of uh, our fellow Chelsea fans and we were saying, out of all the goalkeepers who start for their clubs in the Premier League, all 20 of them, is the one worse than Kepa? I mean, just because he costs 72 million, he's a the only one. Price. The only one I can think of who would perhaps come close is Jordan Pickford. But, you know, Jordan Pickford is really good at kicking. And Kepa's not that good at kicking, so he's got that going for him. And I would also yeah. make the argument that there are quite a few uh, backup keepers who are better than Kepa. You know, we saw, well, we've recently seen Emi Martinez come in for Arsenal uh, to replace the uh, injured Burnt Leno, and he's been fantastic. He's been really, really impressive. Um, likewise for Adrian, when Allison was out, he was pretty good. Uh, there are quite a few other. Um, kind of number two keepers even who are better than Kepa and may I just remind you that we bought this guy for 72 million pounds it's just ridiculous yeah I genuinely I, again I said this the other day to you I, I genuinely don't think there's been a worse signing in football I mean maybe Kepa can prove us wrong although I don't think he will I think Lampard's probably gonna look to get rid of him in the summer and uh, it does sound harsh but, but I can't think of a signing especially a Chelsea one but I'm not just talking Chelsea financially that's been worse I mean Drinkwater Poor sign for Chelsea, but he was thirty-five million. You know, it's not only record-breaking fees, and and there's been other ones that other clubs have made. But seventy-two million—that is a record-breaking fee for a goalie. A week before we signed him, Allison went to Liverpool for less money, and he's the best yeah. best in the league probably. So, but yeah, I think I sort of agree with what Gary Neville said on this one. He said, "Look, look that's a great strike. Um, it's not completely Kepa's fault, but he probably could have and should have saved it. The, 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 the top-class goalies saved that one. I think, to be honest, some." I say maybe half of the Premier League goalies save it, so not just top class goalies. I would also make the argument though that to be fair, you cannot be letting anyone shoot from there, or you you can let them shoot, but not with that much time and space to set themselves nicely. He had about three touches before he got the shot off, and no one was closing him down. I think Billy Gilmore was out of position. I think who I think it might be Ross Barkley who missed his interception. So you can sort of put the blame on Kepa, but to be fair to him, he should not be having to deal with with uh, kind of sh- shots that are able to be set up so easily. Yeah, it was almost like a free kick. There was no pressure on him at all. We just let it fly. Um, yeah, so you can't. The defense didn't help Kepa there, but I still think he he probably could have saved that one. Um, on to a more positive note, though, um, it's great to see Tammy Abraham back on the score sheet. Us two love him. Oh, Absolutely big advocates yeah. of the youth. He, he has struggled a little bit and been criticised a bit since the restart. But I, I don't I don't really. I think a lot of it was a bit unwarranted. It's hard to get back to fitness. Remember, he's been injured a long time before the restart. It's not like he was coming back fully fit and the injury playing games. People seem to sleep on this. His injury that he sustained uh, January the 21st, I think it was, against Arsenal at home, Rob Holding pushed him into the advertising board. That injury kept him out for 
about five games uh, before the season was cut off, and I think it could it would have been season ending had coronavirus not struck. So obviously, you know, it's been quite a few months since then. So he is back fit, but he he hasn't played football for a long time. So you got to be less harsh on him, really. Yeah, you've got to give him some time, and and. It's um, it was his first goal since um, he scored against Burnley in our three 0 win um, just after New Year's, uh, sort of January the twelfth or something like that. It was the same, same game Hudson Odoi got his first Premier League goal, so that was the last time Tammy Abraham oh, yeah, scored against Burnley. In Burnley, yeah, three 0 Um, it was that was the last time Abraham scored in the Premier League, so it's good to have him back on the score sheet there. Really nice assist by Loftus Cheek to clip it over in between the two players. Uh, I mean, that was a really really good finish from Tammy right into the corner off the post, first time hit. Um, Loftus Cheek made a good cameo, struggled a little bit since the restart. First game started on the wing was pretty anonymous. Don't think he's done anything too bad since the restart. I don't think he's made any mistakes or been particularly shocking. I just think he's been a bit quiet. But again, he had one bit of really good defending football in fourteen months. Yes, well, Will Hughes had should have had a tap in. Yeah, Yeah, so I I think he's um, he's slowly getting back into it. And and Lampard actually said that um, you you know Loftus Cheek's playing now, but next season once he's got a pre-season under his belt and you know he's actually got a proper season to play. Um, he thinks he's going to be really important, but he 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 looked good when he came on uh, for his sort of half an hour or so. Um, I thought, and um, yeah, thank, thankfully Tammy Tammy got the goal because straight after that um, they replied literally within thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, they got down to the byline, quit it back, and Benteke he scored. I think Christensen um, and Zuma honest, on that in one this game, and a lot of I see I see I, people kind of. Uh, putting the blame on, on certain players, but that goal that Benteke scored, the equaliser, was just terrible from the whole defence. I can't, I can't remember who it was who dribbled through, I think it was Patrick Van Arnholt. Terrible defending from Christensen to let him go through in the first place, but Zuma is the wrong side of Benteke. I'm sorry, you cannot do that. I know Zuma was good for most of the game, and he is probably showing to be our best centre-back on, on form at the moment. But that was a very poor piece of defending from him. He's, he's not goal-side, um, and he, he's, he's in no-man's land. He doesn't know whether to come and, and close down Van Arnhal or whether to uh, stick with uh, uh, his man. But, you know, not much point sticking with his man when he's the wrong side of him. So he, he has shown up there, and it's an easy tap-in for Benteke for only his second goal of the season. Although I do think he's a pretty good player, actually. But... Um, yeah, very poor from both the centre backs in that situation, and it is it's it's just so disappointing. Yeah, I feel like Benteke has scored about three goals in the last two seasons, and two of them are against us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so. Yeah, it's typical Chelsea. It's always someone who's never scored. I think that Suchek who scored for West Ham. Yeah, twice one ruled out from VR and one proper one. That was his first goal of the season. Yeah. Um, so it's he always someone like that. The other day, he scored though, again. Didn't he? Yeah, he scored again after that game. He scored twice in a row, but um, against Chelsea, it was his first one, I believe, or at least in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, I think Zuma had a good game for the majority of the thing uh, of, of the time. But I don't think um, as a unit we defended that well. I think the, the main guy I've actually written this is harsh, but in my comments, I've written Christensen rubbish again. Um, <laughs> he, he wasn't rubbish against Watford, obviously. Um, but I just, this guy, Chelsea fans seem to really rate him. I don't know if it's so, against him, and he, and he is technically carbon, but I just don't think he's a centre-back. I just don't thing. get it. He, he doesn't seem to defend. This is the thing. He's a really good player against anyone smaller than him. Play him against anyone who is bigger than him, and he will look like a clown. So yeah. I think he's all right to have in the squad, but against players like Benteke, against players like 
um, Mikhail Antonio, obviously not like bigger than him in height, but much bigger than him in stature. You you can't play him because he's just not athletic enough. That's fair enough. That's not his build. He's a really good ball player. He reads the game very well. And we saw that when he had a fantastic game against Man City. But he's not very good at defending crosses. Um, what we saw in, in this game against Crystal Palace was his inability uh, to foul or when Palace were on the counter-attack. It, it frustrated mm-hmm. me so much about three occasions you know he was he was kind of facing up against players they were gonna uh, they were kind of holding it up against Christensen all he has to do is take their legs probably won't even pick up a yellow card um but no he he'll let them pass it back and then they'll kind of switch the ball and have a counter attack going on um so you know in games that are more tactical and not as kind of end to end and filled with pace and power like like uh like this game was, um, I'm fine with playing him. Like games against Man City, like uh, before the lockdown against Everton, I'm fine with that. But in games when when you know they've got a midfield of Cheku Koyate, Luka Milivojevic, very physical players, they've got Kristen Benteke up top, winning all the headers. For me, you've got to play Rudiger and Zuma. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've put um, the the one that summed it up for me was at the end. Credit to Zuma for a stunning tackle on Benteke. Was it was three all right at the death, but that was Christiansen's oh. side of the defence. He he's the um, he's that side of centre back. He was fifteen or twenty yards behind the play, and Zuma had to run across and make I'll that put, challenge. Zuma Christiansen was nowhere. For me, that one you can see where Christensen's going. It's the run from Patrick van Aanholt that takes him out. But we have our number six there. Everyone was giving him so many plaudits after the game. Jorginho, he, I can see why, because he was very good on the ball and he, he calmed the game down. Fair play to him. Credit where it's due. But he, he what was he doing? I'm sorry. Christensen, <laughs> fair, fair enough, he, he gets dragged out. But Jorginho is just, he's just kind of, you know, sitting down, having a packet of crisps. The game's not over, mate. You've got to stay, stay awake. And he, he just lets the ball trickle past him and Benteke's in. Fantastic challenge by Zuma that could be season-defining, really. Um, if, if we hadn't picked up all three points, our chance of, of top four would, would have been much less, really. It's a game that we had to win, um, especially after having lost to West Ham. So, fair play to Zuma. He's done really well there. Um, and just on Jorginho, like I said, when he did come on, I was... I was very impressed, to be honest. I'm not his biggest fan, and I, I haven't been afraid to say that, um, you know, since the beginning, really. But credit where it's due, he did very well. Billy Gilmore had a, a decent game, not the best, not the worst. Um, but Jorginho, as people like to say, dictates play. I wouldn't say he dictates the play as such, but he is a bit of a ball magnet. He He likes to... To, to move it one touch, uh, even if it's not at the highest speed. Um, so fair play to him, he did well. But I would just like to point out that after he came on in whatever it was, 78th minute or something, we had a grand total of zero chances. So fair enough, bring him on for the last 10 minutes, close out the game, hold possession. But if you have him from the start, we will just create nothing because he doesn't play line-breaking passes um, and he doesn't take risks. So, 
Credit where it's due, he's done really well, but I, I don't think that that performance off the bench does anything to suggest that he should be starting. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, me and you have at times been accused of having an agenda against Jorginho and being Yadars and all that stuff. No, I, I support think, him like, when he's on the pitch. I just yeah. don't think that he offers our best chance of success. Yeah, I feel the same. I, I think he, he did well, credit where it's due at the, at the end of this game. To close out the game, we really did grab the game by the throat of the neck and have some control when he did come on. Um, I think part of that might just be that he's super fresh compared to a lot of other players since he hasn't yeah. even played a game yet. Um, but credit where it's due, I just think there's nothing in that 10-minute performance really to me that suggests he's long-term. Lampard clearly doesn't think he is. Uh, the Athletic have said talks are planned through the end of the season for Jorginho's future and it looks like if he can be sold, he, he probably will be. Um, and Kante seems to be the guy who wants to play there at the moment. Um, although, um, like we mentioned, it looks like well, we've heard that Kante may be out for the Sheffield game still. So, interesting to see whether Jorginho gets a start or he leaves Gilmore there or if he shuffles in midfield because Kovacic is back so he might play him in that role maybe with, with Barkley or Mount Loftus-Cheek ahead of him. So, we'll have to wait and see for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, Jorginho Kudrich do came on and, and did what was needed. But he doesn't have a future at Chelsea in my opinion um, and that's that's just how it is Lampard feels the same and if the best midfielder ever doesn't rate him then I don't think yeah. <laughs> don't think that many other people should if, if I'm completely honest and just lastly on the centre-backs because we were talking about um, Christensen and, and so on before we, we spoke about Jorginho um, I think I'll stick with my guns and say that Zuma and Tamori would be our best partnership so it's a shame Fikai yeah. was injured at the moment but just sign Rice just sign Declan Rice Chelsea <laughs> I really, really I'd, I, it, look Havertz, like we mentioned earlier, looks like he's coming. It's going to be expensive. I, I, I want Havertz, can't say no, but if it was like Alaba and Rice yeah. instead of Havertz, I'd probably For me, I would love Havertz. I think he is one of the best young players in the world, really. He's, don't underestimate how good he is. He's a ridiculous player. and I love to watch him. But in terms of Chelsea, having more points in the Premier League than last season... Signing Onana rather than signing Havertz would be better for us, and that that is a sad truth. Hopefully, we can do both, but we just need a keeper. I, I reckon Kepa has cost us about seven, eight, nine points this season. Which you know, if we had those back, we would be on par be above, Man City. above Man City. Yeah, we'd be above Man City before they were playing tonight. I think they're tuning up literally as we record, but before tonight, they were we were six points behind them. Yeah. So if you if we're going to say Costa Kepa's maybe cost us nine points, we'd actually be second in the league um, yeah. and comfortable. So you know, yeah, definitely. We, I think we we should get a new keeper. Although in this game specifically, Kepa did anything horrifically yeah, yeah, wrong. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry. Um, but but yeah, I think generally we we do need him. Um, just just lastly before we look at Sheffield, I think um it's interesting to see because uh, other than maybe Mason Mount, I think a lot of the youngsters have struggled a little bit since the restart. Obviously, tomorrow he's injured, so he's exempt. But. Hudson Doyle's only played a few minutes. Again, he just was coming back from injury and, and fitness issues, though. But Tammy hasn't looked at his best, although he scored today. Gilmore was nowhere, has nowhere near been as good as he was in the two games before. But we do forget this guy's just turned 19. The two games he was playing before lockdown were so good were literally like his debut in his second game. So he's not yeah, an experienced this, player. I'd just like to say, you know, this was Billy Gilmore's second ever start in the Premier League. Like... Yeah. That is a good display for how young he is. And I know he didn't stand out, but he didn't do anything badly as such. Um, no. And he's 5'4 he, against the midfield, like you said, of exactly. Kiate and Milivojevic. And there's guys, he's 4'4. He's, he's an elf. He can't do that. 
the ideal game for him to thrive in. He he thrives where in games where we have lots of the ball, where we have space. Um, and to be fair, we did have that in abundance uh, until Wilf Zaha scored the goal to make it 2-1 and then the kind of possession uh, numbers completely swung. Um, but, you know, it wasn't the game, in my opinion, that he, he would have done best in, but he, he still managed to put, put out a, a decent display. And I, I just look forward to seeing him in in games where he can do that more really yeah do you um, again just, just lastly on, on on Palace well not just Palace actually the, the rest of the games we played do you think Reese looks a bit bit off he was okay I think in the second well, half but I yeah, think he, it's, he struggled at times it's an interesting one I, I've seen quite a bit of criticism in, of him on, on Twitter recently um, recently sorry good one <laughs> ignore me um, but, but um, yeah I can understand why you say it, but in the same way, you know, this game he had, he put in a magnificent ball for Olivier Giroud that he really should have scored. People will forget about that. Last game, same same goes for Ruben Loftus-Cheek. So that's two assists in two games that he really should have had. Fantastic crosses. Yeah. He, he's always threatening down the right side. He played a fantastic ball to Willian before the first goal set up, set up Willian, who, who who threaded in Giroud, who, who tucked it away. I think it's a bit premature to, to be saying stuff like that. Yes, I am not the biggest fan of how he looks when tracking back. I think he does need to do a lot more in terms of uh, having desire to get back when we lose the ball. Um, but... At the end of the day, he's how old? Twenty or something? He's twenty. Yeah. First season in the Premier League. Why would you criticise him? Why would Why would you do that? It's like, what's the point? It is one of the best young prospects in the world, and like, just appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, I, I don't think he's been that bad. I think he just looks a little bit, little bit slow and a bit maybe a bit too a bit heavy. It is true but... though. The point that that all, all the youngsters have, well, apart from Mason Mount, who is a bit of a freak of nature, to be honest. He, yeah, that's true. He's amazing. Um, but all the other guys, yeah, Tammy, Gilmore, and and Reece slightly. Uh, but I think perhaps a reason for that, you know, they've been. Well, all the players have been not playing football for so long, but the experienced pros have that muscle memory to kind of um, fall back on. They they have so many games under their belt that they know what they're doing. They know exactly where to be in all different scenarios. I think we're seeing Tammy kind of get that uh, get that good form back just now kind of perhaps ahead of some of the other young players because of how many senior games he does have under his belt, you know, from all his loans. Um, so, you know, perhaps we'll see Reese and, and, and Billy follow suit soon after. Um, but, you know, in in that same vein, I don't think much expectation should be put on Fikayo Tomori when he returns for injury, if he does even play, because to be honest, we don't have that many games left. Um, but... I just, 
I just think that there's not really much point in criticising it. I don't see where it's going to get you. Yeah, that's that's true. And um, it's actually a good point with what you say about the senior games because you could say, well, Pudisic is the same age as these guys and he's been amazing, but he's played so many games because he's been yeah. the first team at Dortmund since he was 17 or 18. So he's probably has, like you say, got that sort of muscle memory more than the other guys who are the same age group. So yeah, uh, we'll move on to Sheffield now. Uh, but before we do, can everyone listening please go to at AC Parry? Um, who's the owner of the Chelsea spot and tweet him please because he did actually officially say to me that he's put Reese James on fraud watch oh no um, so could, yeah so just for everybody listening I know there's, we're getting quite a few listeners recently just go to at A-C-P-A-R-E-E um, to the owner of the Chelsea spot and just tweet him and give him some abuse um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to Sheffield. Um, we'll move on to Sheffield now. So we've got them away from home on Saturday. I think it kicks off at five or six o'clock. Um, so the evening game, uh, dinner time game. Um, they haven't been great since the restart of Sheffield, although they did get an impressive three-one win over Spurs um, the other day, where they played they played pretty well. In I think a lot of their games since the restart, they haven't actually looked that bad. They just haven't got results. Um, interesting to see how we line up we mentioned earlier Kante looks like he'll probably still be out so who's going to start at DM um, what do you reckon with this one Orlando how should we approach it um, I think if there is any game that I wouldn't want to play Jorginho in and even Billy Gilmore to some extent it would be this game against Sheffield United who have such an energetic physical midfield uh you know, they've got um, Sander Berger, who is a fantastic player. I'm a huge fan of Ollie Norwood. I think Fleck and Lundstrom might still be out injured, but they've got uh, Osborne, who, who's come in and done a fantastic job since the Forest, great player. I know, yeah. Um, and obviously they got the flying wing-backs. Um, and uh, David McGoldrick, who loves to drop, drop deep into midfield and will work his socks off for kind of 60 minutes until he gets subbed. So... Um, yeah, I really, if I were to play for my midfield, I wouldn't play that 6-2-8 and two, eight that, that Frank has favoured since the restart because with Kante out, with, in my opinion, Jorginho and Gilmore a little bit out of the question, or perhaps I'd play Gilmore at 8 but not at 6, so I would play a double pivot of Mateo Kovacic and and Billy Gilmore. I would play Billy Gilmore, but just not as a lone six. So I played a double pivot of Mateo Kovacic and Billy Gilmore and Mason Mount in the 10 and just let him press, basically, um, and, and cause havoc. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'd like to see Loftus-Cheek get a start uh, in this one. Oh, yeah, Doy. that's a good shout. Um, yeah, that's, he, he, obviously a bit of physicality and technical ability in midfield, so possibly he could even start in a pivot if we do want to go for that too, like you just mentioned. That's so maybe next shout. to Billy or, or Kovacic in the mountain ahead, or even Barkley ahead. He obviously great, great form as well. Um, although Mount, like you said earlier, is a freak of nature, so I don't think he needs a rest. So just start Mount no matter what. It's proven mm. that when he doesn't start, we don't play well. So just play Mount. Um, like I said a minute ago, uh, my heart really wants to see Hudson Odoi start in this one, but yeah. realistically, Pulisic and Willian aren't droppable unless they really need a rest. But again, either of them seem like they need a rest, especially Willian, who just seems to have an engine. Mm, it's massive crazy, engine, so. to be honest. I, I was of the opinion that if if we didn't rest 
at least one of them or not, maybe even both against Palace, then they wouldn't play well. But I was completely proved wrong. And, and they, they didn't seem sluggish at all. Although I was pretty annoyed that, that Callum didn't, didn't come on earlier because, you know, what's the point? Um, but, um, yeah, I, another idea could perhaps to be, be to put Pulisic in the 10, which allows yeah, Callum to come in. Because he, he does, despite, you know, starting on the wing, he does spend quite a lot of time centrally receiving the ball between the lines and stuff. So, yeah. um, and, and driving at defences as he does best. Um, so, uh, I wouldn't be averse to that at all. Um, but yeah, I would really like to see Callum start. I think he deserves it having not really been given <laughs> given the chance, much of a chance since the restart. And I'd also really like to see uh, Tammy be given the nod up top, not least because he scored two last time he played them. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. I probably would start Tammy, although a bit harsh on Drew because he's been on fire really since the restart and he's proven his worth. Um, you could even put Willian, you just mentioned in the 10 there, Willian could do that as well, yeah. um, which would give Hudson Adore the chance. But I think realistically, like you say, Mount's going to be in that sort of area. Um, and then you, you, Pulisic and William will probably start, but hopefully Hudson Odoi will maybe get half an hour or twenty minutes rather than a cameo and, and whatever this, in this yeah. game. That would be good to see because he was quite sharp against Watford when he came on. Um, I thought he, he looked decent for a guy who hasn't who hasn't played in a while. Um, so hopefully he can get some more minutes under his belt. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Score prediction, Orlando? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think we'll concede from a set piece. Um, and there will be a Twitter meltdown about it, but in all honesty, it's not that deep because they are a huge team. They have three centre-backs who are all brilliant in the air, um, and they have proven time and time again this season that they are really dangerous from set-pieces. So I wouldn't be like super annoyed if we did, but I do think we're going to win. Uh, well, I always think we're going to win, <laughs> but um, yeah, got to be optimistic. I'll go for... 2-1 to Chelsea Interesting I'm very confident I think we'll concede the first goal like you say probably from a set piece or a Kepa flap or something stupid like that um, so I think we'll go 1-0 down but I think we're going to win I'm very confident 4-1 I think we'll go out and gun for him because I saw I saw a stat as well earlier again I don't really like to judge football off stats as, as everybody knows but Chelsea actually have the most away goals in the league this season more well, joint with Man City most away goals in the league this season <laughs> to be honest 36 I know that we were really good away away from home before the um, corona struck, but I don't think away really means anything now that there are no fans. That is um, true. So, and it, yeah, fine, it was proven that in the Bundesliga, away teams are four times more likely to win than home teams now that there are no fans. So, you know, perhaps that, that could, could go in our favour. Yeah, yeah, hope and hope and hopefully it does. Um, well, but hopefully on Saturday, that's we're going to see another three points for Chelsea with the uh, three on the shirt. Um, yeah. Actually, let's just before we wrap it up, do you rate the new kits? No, <laughs> no. Simple answer. I mean, I don't hate them. I just think that they're especially the away kit is so disappointing compared to this year's one. Like this year's away kit was one of the nicest Chelsea kits I think we've had in years, um, and the third kit as well. I really liked. Didn't love the home kit, but that's all right when the other two are so good. This year, the 
home kit is it's decent. It's not anything special, but you know it's decent. I won't be buying it, but I don't hate it. Away kit looks like pajamas. Uh, it looks like Coventry City pajamas, basically. True. Yeah, and if the third kit is what the rumours say, um, we are going to be a laughing stock. No, that third kit is disgusting. I agree with that. It's it Crystal is Palace. Crystal Palace. It is Palace. Um, it's literally, it genuinely is just a Crystal Palace kit. Um, I, I don't understand it. I have to say, though, I, to be fair, I don't mind too much about the kits, especially since since we had such nice ones this year. Um, but just, you know, the first two, they're okay. I don't mind it because they're not horrendous. If we have that third one, it is horrendous. It is going to be that third one by the looks of it. Well, that's pretty much confirmed, I think. So, uh, the the home ones are available to purchase tomorrow as a recording. It's oh, really? Eighth. It's eighth today. It's available tomorrow. So, I am probably just going to buy it. Really? Um, yeah, I reckon I might get Hudson Adoy or Loftus Cheek on the back. Some I still have big long name. I still haven't bought. <laughs> I still haven't bought the uh, away one from this season. I've only got the third one, so I need to get the away one. Yeah, I was going to get the away one, but the stock is non-existent, so I couldn't get it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a big fan of shirts with big collars anyway. So, But um, but yeah, guys, thanks for listening to the Chelsea Spot podcast. Not a really long one today, but um, it should still be a nice um, bit of listening for you for about 35, 40 minutes. Um, let us know your score predictions and stuff for Sheffield. Um, just tweet us at the Chelsea Spot. Um, and, and you can you can let us know there. Um, but don't forget to follow myself and Orlando too, and tweet us if you hate our opinions on Kepa or Jorginho or Christian. Oh, please do. I love it. Please do. Debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Uh, Orlando says every week. Still, no one has tweeted him to tell him what Jorginho is better at than Billy Gilmore. Nobody. Still have had no one after after that Sheffield game. Maybe someone will have an idea. But I, still I had someone try. I'd have someone try and tell me penalties. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. Penalties that doesn't count. Don't count. Just on the pitch, football. What is he better at? Um, if you if you think of anything, tweet Orlando. And if you think we're crazy, and then when you go to the tweet bar, you're hesitating to type. That probably that probably sums it up for you. If you can't figure out, if you have to, if you have to think about it, um, considering he's ten years older than him and has been playing at the highest level for a while as well. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time, um, probably after the Sheffield game. Um, for a review um, Orlando thanks for going on mate I enjoyed it thank you yeah no worries guys follow everything in the Chelsea spot and we'll catch you next time see you later